Hello and welcome into the 38th episode of the Promo Guy podcast. We are brought to you by Better Odds, a new odds shopping platform that is coming soon to everyone. Uh, almost one month up for the people in my Discord who got it uh, 99% off or whatever it was. Feedback's been great. Uh, honestly, more people seem to be sticking with it uh, than maybe I thought just because of you know, you never know when you give people a free month, like how many are just taking it for the free month or how many are genuinely interested. So um, I would say it's been a good debut. I know Corby's really excited about the new parlay function that we're supposed to be getting today. Um, so we'll see how that goes and we'll have him on maybe next week to go over it, assuming all goes smoothly. But the idea is you put in the parlay that you want and it tells you which book to take it on. Hopefully the fair odds and what all the other books have, you know, similar to how it reads now. So uh, that's all I got to you from for better odds right now. That's sort of the main project. Um, but we've gotten a lot of feedback from everybody. I know Hard Rock's trying to be added, you know, all that stuff. I know we recently added soccer. So uh, a lot of fun stuff there. Uh, I am joined, as always, by my pal from Blue Duck Media. Uh, Nick, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing, TPG? I'm doing great. I'm excited. I have a basketball game tonight, as you overheard me on the phone before we got started. I'm excited for a very educational episode today. We're going to be talking a lot of correlation. We're talking about the FanDuel boost from the other day. And I know I've talked about correlation before, but I really wanted to just give the whole big thought to it, really make it so people understand, not necessarily the you know, in the weeds of how the math is calculated, but more just understanding the idea behind it. And, you know, with NBA season now in full swing, uh, how to think about, you know, a few different situations that have various degrees of correlation. Uh, how was your birthday? Uh, solid birthday. Uh, got kind of sick. Uh, so was was fighting that off the whole trip but um glad to be back uh you know when you're sick and the like first day that you wake up without that feeling anymore how you just have you feel like superman you have so much energy this is the first day in about 10 days i am waking up 100 percent healthy so i feel fantastic nice. i too have a basketball game tonight oh my first one of 2024, so uh, excited to get back out there. There we go. Um, and excited, excited to learn a lot today. Uh, you jumped on our call and you're like, "This is a, this is the episode where you ask questions, and I am going to walk you through. I am your listener today, and I am just asking any questions on behalf of the listener. So excited, uh, excited to jump in here. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping Nick can be uh, step up. I, I didn't prep him on anything uh you know he's a better like many of you honestly he's not one that does a lot of the ev betting and stuff just because he's in california so um hopefully he's starting at a similar situation or a lower spot than most of you and by the end of the episode um hopefully everybody understands things a lot better but if you have any questions this is the week to to dm me um Twitter, Discord, wherever you want to try and find me, uh, just to to ask any questions because I'll, I'll I'll try and do a follow up next week for stuff that people didn't quite understand. But uh, please listen carefully. If you need, you want your notepads out, even better. Uh, hopefully, we can learn a bit today. But before we do that, let's get into the state of the stack. 
And then, Nick, do we want to do Grinds My Gears before or after? I forget. At the end, right? We'll, we'll keep it at the end today. Uh, you came in to our pre-production call with about six Grinds My Gears <laughs> yeah, that we had to narrow down. So let's keep it at the end. We've got some fun ones. Great. All right. Um, state of the stack. Not too interesting of a week. Uh, we made about $50. The highlights were, uh, I guess, some of the FanDuel boosted well. Some of them did poorly. Uh, really, the, the two highlights that ended up netting everything were the, the FanDuel no sweat for plus 712 that hit. And then the, the uh, DK free bet plus 711 that hit. So those were kind of the, the difference makers in the week. Uh, the Discord had a strong week. We did well on MGM specifically, which obviously makes some people upset if they don't have a lot of the MGM stuff. But really, it was it was uh, it was good, kind of all around. The the higher tier officials did well. Uh, free bets did very well. We had an ESPN one, so just you know, all around a good week. Nothing too important to write home about, but you know. Keep chugging along. Um, love that. Let's uh, let's keep it moving. We're chugging along is the name of the game. Um, so let's move to the gambling landscape update. I think you have a bit of a better odds update for us. Oh, that was just the parlay builder. So let's 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 get right into it. Let's go to the big thought. Uh, let's let's do it. Um, we're talking correlation. Um, do your thing. Walk me through your process, and I'll stop you regularly perfect okay so the first thing that's important to establish with correlation is that it is what is the probability of something happening given another thing happened so what does that mean that means so we're going to talk about the FanDuel boost from the other day and it was Jokic and Embiid each to get 25 plus points and 8 plus rebounds boosted a plus 250 so if we're talking about correlation, what's the first correlation thing we want to find? Well, if Jokic scores 25 plus points, is he more or less likely to get eight plus rebounds, right? That's all correlation is. I know it can be a lot of mathematical fancy stuff, but really it is what is the relationship between one event and the other event. So Jokic, if he scores more points, is that, a good, is that a good sign for his rebounds or a bad sign? And then obviously we try and calculate the strength of that relationship. Assuming you have no questions on that part. No. Nope. Uh, if we're going to look at this boost, the first thing we want to do is devig it without correlation. The reason you would want to do this is to see how likely it is when wanting to parlay these two events happening together and seeing if... The, your math has them more likely than the odd than the book's math, correct? Well, we, we just want to find out what the true probability is, right? And obviously, if... Yes, but you're doing it to the end of... With an end goal of... Well, to figure out if we should play the boost. Correct. Okay. So my first step will be, let's just calculate the whole damn thing and pretend that these are completely independent events. So what are the fair odds for Jokic, 25 plus points? What are the fair odds for Jokic, 8 plus rebounds? And B, 25 plus points. And B, 8 plus rebounds. I've gone into my standard deviation stuff in the past. I'm not going to focus on that now. 
But, uh, and then sort of the small elephant in the room is I had this discussion with another plus boost who I respect as much as anyone that is a promo guy like account about the correlation stuff. But we both agreed that this is about plus 257 fair if you don't incorporate, if everything was independent. If these were, you know, independent plays would be like, you know, Jokic points and, you know, Braves money line, right? Like just something completely different. Uh, so if we pretend that they're completely uncorrelated, plus 257 is about fair. So slightly worse than the plus 250 of the boost. Now, there is some relationship between whether it's negative zero, that would still be in, in some sense some relationship, and then uh, or positive, there's some relationship between all these events happening, right? So the first thing we want to figure out is what is the correlation for, let's just say, Jokic, um, but I, I kind of lumped Jokic and Embiid together because they're similar players. Jokic points and rebounds. So how do I, how would I do that? And this part is kind of the part where I just want you to understand how I did it. This is not something you necessarily should be doing or you know whatever. Like if you, if you're not exactly with it, I just want to let you know uh, my process here. So first thing I have is the last two each of the last two seasons points and rebounds correlation for every player and then broken out by their percentage of snaps by, by position. So point guard, shooting guards, you know, forwards and center. So if you did all players, the correlation between points and rebounds would be very high. And why is that? Well, there, you'd have this sort of bullshit, for lack of a better word, in the data of, let's say, the backup center you know, Hassan Whiteside sticks out in the data. So I'm just going to say Hassan Whiteside, who is no longer in the league, uh, is the backup to Rudy Gobert. When Rudy Gobert is out, Hassan Whiteside's overs are going to be, over-under is going to be significantly higher than when Rudy Gobert isn't in. So his correlation is going to show up as massive because uh, he has crazy game-to-game minutes variance that, that Jokic and Embiid just don't have. So... I threw out anyone that played less than a certain number of minutes uh, in the data, and I, and I jacked it up basically as high as you could where you still have like a decent amount of players that did it just because Jokic and Bede are you know, sort of at the top. And I get the points and rebounds correlation for big men to be, uh, if I average out two years, it would be about 0.17. Okay, so we have 0.17 for the average big man that plays a lot of minutes. And let's look at them individually. This has a lot of noise. There's only so many games, stuff like that. But if I average them out individually, I actually get uh, uh, 0.2. So pretty similar. So 0.16 for the average, uh, 0.2 for Jokic and Embiid. Uh, Embiid's happen to be a little bit higher if people are curious. But I think a lot of that's noise. That being said, if you look at all the, basically all, I mean, 90 five at least percent of the guys, even the guys that play real minutes, have some positive correlation. Now, why is that? Well, that's because, you know, yes, a lot of people go straight to, in their minds, about offensive rebounds. Oh, a guy gets an offensive rebound. Uh, that's a scoring opportunity. And that is kind of true of some of, like, the, the Clint Capellas of the world. And, and somewhat true for Jokic and B. They obviously get offensive rebounds and, and are able to score off of that. 
Um, although they, they score in a lot of ways and they rebound in a lot of ways just because they're out there so long and they're the focal points of their teams. So that is a part of it. Uh, but I think a bigger part of it in the data, if you kind of look through it, is the minutes variance. And that's because foul trouble, blowouts, uh, injuries are all types of ways where they could end up being correlated you know, to, to go under each. And then stuff like overtime, close games, you know, like just high usage where they end up on the, the double overs train. And that's where there is some relationship between points and rebounds. For these guys, you know, a point one. So I actually used point one in the math. Why point one? Just to be extra conservative. I always, I'm always pretty conservative with this stuff. And so I just sort of round a bunch of stuff down. But so I used point one. Uh, even though basically all the data is a bit higher than that. I think one important thing I want to mention here is, um, because there was some confusion about it, like there's not really such thing as correlation to the under, but not correlation, like double unders, but not double overs. The reason for that is what is our definition of correlation, right? It is if one event happens, how, you know, how does that affect the the next event? And so if, Jokic goes under his points, and we're saying there's positive correlation to the under, or we're saying it's positive correlation to rebounds, then we're saying that, okay, if he gets less points, then he's more likely to get less rebounds, right? But if you say that that only exists to the under, but not to the over, then if he gets less, if he gets more points, <laughs> then you're saying that he's also more likely to go under his rebounds, right? It doesn't make sense. It's, it's impossible to happen. So the, the correlation has to exist in a, a two-way facet. Does that make sense, Nick? Yeah, it does. If it's, I, I... Like, like there isn't just the injury component. The fact that he didn't get injured makes the double overs now more, you know, more together. And to make it simpler for a lot of betters, forget about the 0.1, the 0.15s. If I told you for a fact, heading into tomorrow night's game or whenever Jokic plays next, that he was going to get eight rebounds. I am telling you he's going to play a decent amount of minutes. So he probably didn't get hurt, probably wasn't in foul trouble, or let's say he went over his rebounds. So he got over 10 and a half. So he got 11 rebounds. I was going to say eight rebounds wouldn't give me too much information, but over 11 and a half. It gives you some, but but yes, and, and the correlation coefficient doesn't change. But if you look into the math, if there's a an 80% leg, it makes the fact that there's correlation less significant. So you're right to think that way. The now, so again, the relationship between his points and rebounds hasn't changed. But if you if if we use an extreme example, if I told you he got two rebounds, it wouldn't tell you much about his points, right? It just it would just tell you he didn't get hurt in like the first minute or ejected, right? I forgot about uh, you know ejected as part of this uh, double overtimes, triple times. I did mention that. Okay, so. If I told you he got, oh, he went over his rebounds, and I told you he played a lot of minutes, maybe he had some offensive rebounding opportunities, maybe not, but I told you that there was no foul trouble, there's no injury, and we know it's less likely that there was a blowout. So immediately, if... Why do we know it's less likely there was a blowout? Well, just that he probably played, he had to play enough minutes to get to 11 rebounds. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That information, if his over was minus 110 for 24 and a half points. If I knew he got 11 rebounds, 
I would bet that, right? And I'm sure you would too, the over points, right? And the point one, the point five just figures out how significant, does that mean you would take it at minus 120? I mean, you take it at minus 130, right? Like that's just trying to figure out how strong a relationship. And like I said, there are certain players where it would be, it would be massive to have that information. Jokic and Embiid aren't at the bottom of that list, but you know, again, I, I was able to quantify it with their last couple seasons with similar players, all of that to get it into to that range. And then I kind of rounded significantly down from there. Okay, so that's the first component of it. So if I just took a 0.1 correlation coefficient, used the plus 257 that we had, it is going to knock it down. Is, isn't 0.1? A somewhat low correlation coefficient. It is. It is low. I mean, it, it scales up to one, right? It's negative one to one. Is the yeah. Is the scale? It is. It, it is a, a low. Like minus one is com- being completely negatively correlated. Zero. Meaning that if he went over his rebounds, it would be impossible for him to. Go exactly. Over. Zero would be having absolutely no relationship. Isn't point one like a pretty lo- a pretty low relationship? I would think it would be somewhere closer to like. Point five, because if it's going, if you're going to hit your hot over on rebounds, that would mean that you're likely getting a few more offensive rebounds. So you have. I, I'm just thinking that the point one is low. Point one is probably low. Yes, but I would also keep in mind that that's just you being uber conservative. It's me being a bit conservative, but like it, you know, it does more than you think. So for example. The when I did the baseball like team runs to so like the more runs a baseball team scores, how does that impact their chance of winning? It got me to like 0.45. And we know those are incredibly correlated, right? The more runs your team has, the more likely it is to win. So the whole scale is kind of like I would say very simple. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So if, if we use 0.1 for now, now keep in mind we're using it twice because we use it for Jokic and then we use it for Embiid as well. Okay, so if I if I use 0.1 for each, it gets me to plus 215. Fair. So I go from plus 257 to plus 216. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. That's just that is just saying we are adjusting the odds based on the fact that these are correlated events. So if uh, if Jokic gets eight rebounds, he's more likely to get. 25 points. If Embiid gets eight rebounds, it's more likely to get 25 points. And the fair odds of that go from 257 to plus 216 by putting in that 0.1 coefficient. And I and I briefly went through uh, how I arrived at that, which is really just looking at similar players, looking at these two individual players over the course of several seasons, uh, and basically rounding down. And, and the round down sounds super significant. Uh, there is a sort of, you know, when a guy's hot, like his rebounds and his points, again, because they're correlated, uh, may, like the over-unders may be higher on a given night, more possessions or whatever. So there's a little bit of noise where I always sort of round these down. 0.18 to 0.1 is pretty significant. So I, I, again, I was conservative, but it's not, you know, I probably should have done like 0.15. You know, it's not, it's not like a crazy jump. So the part that sort of went under question from there is, now, what's the relationship between the two players? Uh, because they are playing. So we, we treated Jokic and Embiid like they weren't really playing each other. Like they're independent entities. So if we let's look at the points first. 
basically every book puts like a small positive correlation between their points, mostly because uh, it's a it's a minutes correlation thing, right? If if the game goes to overtime, both of their overs are likely are more likely to hit. If it's a blowout, both of their unders are more likely to hit. You know, stuff like that. It's not. It's a. It's it's. I always put zero correlation, in in that sense between opposing players' points and. But the books do put a, a very slight positive between them, which would only work in our favor. Okay. Uh, what uh, Plus Boost had mentioned was negative correlation between opposing players' rebounds. And I think that the logic would be that there are only so many rebounds in a game. And I, I, again, I, I hope I'm not misbetraying the argument that there's only so many rebounds in a game. So if Jokic gets a rebound in a given possession, it means Embiid did. It would take it away from Embiid. Right. And 75% of rebounds are defensive rebounds. So I, I don't think that that relationship is notable, uh, especially when it's mostly counteracted by the minutes correlation. And field goal percentages are higher off of offensive rebounds, but they're not like you know, 100% or crazy higher, and the shot clock only resets to 14, so, which has actually dampened offensive, you know, uh, field goal percentages off offensive rebounds. So there might be another miss coming, like, immediately, right? Uh, and there's not, you know, time didn't really come off the clock in that situation. So there would be another opportunity for Embiid. So, again, I don't think that exists just from, like, a, a basketball perspective, but we sort of got into a... Well, what do the books have? The books have certainly have strong correlations for points and rebounds, especially for, for big men. Uh, what do they have for opposing? And ideally, you'd use high rebounding guys uh, or centers or whatever, um, opposing rebounds correlation. And this is where I think people, well, this is where the, definitely the most confusion came. You know, Plus Boost agreed that there was positive correlation between points and rebounds. He was saying it was offset by the negative correlation between the rebounds. Uh, I guess the first thing I would say before we get into what gets a little bit nitty-grittier, that because we use the point one on each player, there are two separate events that were, co- were correlated in our favor, and then there's only one negative event, you know, just the rebounds opposing each other as opposed to points, rebounds, points, rebounds. Then there's just rebounds opposing each other because there was no argument about the points. Because the points can't be negatively correlated, because it does. It's not like if Embiid scores, it means Jokic didn't in a given position. They play on different teams, right? Okay. So there's only one thing. So mathematically, for this to get us back to 257, we'd actually be talking about double the correlation. Um, but it actually would be more than double the correlation, because as you astutely pointed to, uh, this was just eight plus rebounds for each guy. And like we talked about a couple minutes ago, mathematically, you would need a higher correlation coefficient to make it matter as much when you're dealing with, um, you know, 80% likelihood events, 80-something percent likelihood events. Does that make sense? Yeah, it completely does. Okay, great. Great. So now we'll get into, so first off, to me, there's no way that it it's double or even close to that. I don't think that there's any negative correlation at all. And I think that the books actually put in slightly positive correlation like they do with points. 
Um, so the, the boost was kind of clearly a play, but you know, just for fun, even if you put in like a, a negative 0.1. What was the boost? Can you repeat the boost? It was Jokic and Beatty to get 25 points and eight rebounds. So if you keep my 0.1 and then you do the negative 0.1, so let's say it somehow has the same correlation, even though the books clearly are nowhere, nowhere like that. I mean, I think that they, that they do it positively and we'll get into that. But, you know, clearly it shouldn't be the same correlation. But even if it was, it would still only be, it would still only move us to plus 233 fare, which would still be, you know, f- over 5% EV because it's only one thing that we're negatively correlating and it's not quite as impactful when you do it, uh, like I said, for two very favored events where we have the Jokic leg that is that was more of a 50-50 event. Um, in fairness, the Embiid, uh, both legs were pretty favored for the Embiid. Um, okay, great. So we've got that. Now let's get into how the books correlate it. So we looked at Bet365 and... I think this part, look, I know it's a little nitty grittier, but I think it's actually, I have to look at correlations and stuff like that with like, you know, looking at historicals, looking at similar players, looking at all that, because I'm not going to blindly trust the books. Oftentimes, if you're looking to devig stuff, realistically, you're not going to go through all that work. So like, you can just look at what the different books have for a correlation. So I actually think it's good to look at this. So we looked at Bet365 and... Bet365, it's actually kind of nice because they theirs is the most connected to their underlying odds. So it makes it a little bit easier. But uh, he had pointed to Hardenstein and Sengun. So those were two guys that were like at 11.5 and 9.5 and, and and rebounds, so two high rebound guys. And what, what did Bet365 have for the correlation between the two? For both of their overs to hit. For both of their overs. So... The four prices they had, and this might be where you want to write things down. So Singoon was was minus 105, minus 125. So he it was slightly favored under, important to note. And then Hardenstein was minus 115 each way, so not favored either way. So if you looked at their double overs, it was plus 260. If you looked at uh, Singoon over Hardenstein under, it was plus 260. If you looked at Sengun under Hardenstein over, it was plus 260. And their double unders was plus 180. So how, how do we figure out the correlation from this, right? Well, all correlation is, is the connection between these two events. So if Hardenstein gets more rebounds, is he more or less likely, is Sengun more or less likely to go over his rebounds, right? And mm-hmm. the first thing I would point to, the first thing I did point to, is the double overs. So the plus 260 added to the double unders, plus 180. Forget about Vic. They had more net juice. Like you would have to put more down on those net to get the same payout, right? Because one was plus 260, the other was plus 180. As, whereas the under over over under were both plus two six. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're with me there. So I think it ended up being like five percent more juice was on double overs double unders. To me, that's a early clear indication that they're putting positive correlation. Or else, why would they nerf the payout of the doubles? But you, it can actually look at it way simpler. 
Hardenstein was minus 150. Yeah, they, th- that shows that they believe that it is a more likely event that the both overs hit or both unders hit because they're paying out less money in those situations. Right, as opposed to under, over, or over, under. Yes. Exactly right. It's more likely that they that they end up connected to each other than that they don't end up connected to each other. Positive correlation. Correct. So, but another kind of easy signal is Hardenstein's at minus 115 each way, right? Sangoon is favored to the under. If I click on Hardenstein's over, I got the same payout for Sangoon over as Sangoon under. Oh, yeah. That, even, though, even though even though the over is minus 105 and the under yeah. is minus 125. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty clear sign. Yeah. The only way you could equate those is if you said, because otherwise, minus, one fi- one, minus 105 times minus 115 it would should pay out more than minus 115 times minus 125. But they're saying... They're negating that because they're saying, well, obviously... That's more likely to happen. They're negating that because yeah. they're, they're putting in some positive correlation. Exactly. They're basically saying, eh, Sangoon moves more to minus 115 each way if we knew that Hardenstein went over his rebound. And you could point to pace of play, overtimes, you know, a lot of the stuff that we talked about. I put the correlation at zero. I didn't put it in. I didn't consider it. Same thing with the points. But, you know, a, a few people, it wasn't just plus boost, uh, but he was the the only like promo guy type one that was doing it, we're talking about negative collision between rebounds. The books don't put this in. DraftKings, uh, I think I, I tweeted in this thing, um, that they clearly nerfed the double overs and the double unders versus the over under and the under over. Uh, I'd have to find the tweet, but you can take my word for it. Actually, let's look at DraftKings. Uh, and we'll do this last thing, just to drive the point home. Uh, we're going to use this probably will work doing this live with you guys all right so sabonis and miles turner one's at seven and a half one's at 12 and a half uh, i used a different example in the tweet but this was the game i was already on on DraftKings. so whatever plus 218 for the overs plus 246 for the unders under over plus 266 and over under plus 218 so this is actually super easy to see Double overs, plus 218. Over under, plus 218. So those, let's forget about those. Now now we're competing double unders versus under over. Double unders, like I said, 246. Over under, 266. They're saying it's more likely if Miles Turner goes over, then that's good for Sabonis' rebounds. If Miles Turner goes under, then that's bad for Sabonis' rebounds. And that's, that's really it all. I mean, there was some complicated formulas, complicated whatever. It's really just the connection between those two. And you don't ha- somebody asked me, uh, how, do I, how do I take out the juice? It makes it hard to tell with the VIG. You could just take the total juice and then just, so like if the total juice here was 1.18, you could just divide each thing by 1.18 and then see, do the, but you can just look at it here, right? Or like, like we said with the, the Hardenstein example, you can look as simply as, uh, Hardenstein, if you click his over, Sangoon's over was the same as his under, even though the under is generally favored. Nick, any questions? Uh, no, I, I think I, I follow that pretty closely. Um, I think the, the awesome. easiest example is the minus 125, minus 105 being the same payment payouts. 
clearly indicates that they're they're negating that difference by showing positive correlation. And I guess that kind of makes sense why you're using 0.1, since if it was anything larger, it would not offset that difference. It would... Well, well, remember, so the 0.1 was for points and rebounds. I'm going to show you what real correlation looks like when it's baked into a book. So we, we looked at it, positive correlation, but really it was close to zero. Like I'm not going to sit here and bang my hands on the table that there should be positive correlation. I, I, I always priced it at zero. Uh, I had never noticed the books pricing it one way or the other. I knew that points, there was kind of a lean towards positive correlation, but I, I was just trying to, to prove that there was not positive correlation and I mean, not negative correlation happened to stumble upon the fact that it was negative correlation. TBG, do you have a recent non-basketball example you can give me that will help me make sense of this a little bit more? There's a tennis SVP yesterday um, that I posted. Someone was like, wait, it was a not sinner, but whoever he's playing plus two and a half sets. And then I did it with the over games, which is minus 110. And that got you to plus 296. But if you do it with the under games, it like total games in the match, it gets you to like 70 to one or something. People are like, they're both minus 110. Why would you choose the one that's plus 296? Like there were people are DM, like I got a bunch of DMs like, oh, there's a price error. I'm like, it's not an error. If the guy that's 20 to one to win the match wins a set, like he probably didn't win. Like there's going to be an extra set. It's not like he's going to win in three sets. So, and if you have at least four sets, it's almost impossible for there to be, uh, I think the number was 28 and a half games played. So I'm like, if you have four sets, for there to be under 28 and a half, you would need, it would be 6-0, 6-0, 6-0, let's say. That gets you to 18. And then he would have to win 6-4 or less. The underdog would have to win 6-4 or less. Like, you're better off betting on this underdog to win in straight sets, uh, which is going to be similar odds. So that's why I was like, it's not a price error. But people don't understand correlation. They don't think about correlation. They're just like, oh, they're both minus 110. Why is one 70 to one and one's three to one? But now we are going to look at what bet 365, that was just the price that we were doing the Hardenstein Tangoon and Hardenstein happens to be playing tonight. So let's see how they price it. I haven't looked at these yet. I just logged in because I have to do that because I'm not in New Jersey. So let's see. This is where, so this is where you're gonna be like, oh, they are clearly like, if one happens, the other one, so the other one's more likely to happen. Uh, if I click on Hardenstein's over, if he goes over his points and you wanted to SGP it with over rebounds, the net payout would be plus 175, okay? If you wanted to SGP his over points with under rebounds, plus 375, plus 175, plus 375. Now, in fairness, his over rebounds are favored. So let's look at, so we're going to have to look also at, well, how does it price it for his under, re, uh, under points? Under points, under, under, and under over. Over rebounds, under points. Yeah. Yes. So under, under is plus 250. Under over is plus 320. So it's not the same difference as the plus 175, plus 375. That was massive. But that's just because over rebounds is favored, but you still have under under at only plus 250 and under over at plus 320. So it's still pretty significant as opposed to the, you know, plus 260 each way. I think there was one that was like plus 
you know, if you just like scroll around with these rebounds, uh, are there any Wizards players? So like if I click Kuzma's over rebounds, it gives Hardenstein's over rebounds a plus 210, his under rebounds a plus 280. Again, the, the over rebounds are favored. And then if I do under Kuzma rebounds, the under for Hardenstein is plus 230, the over is plus 225. So you can see they are putting positive correlation between Hardenstein and Kuzma, but it's nothing like what they do for Hardenstein and Hardenstein. Yeah, of course. And the burden of proof for FanDuel, for the FanDuel boost would be the correlation coefficient would have to be negative for the rebounds with each other and double. So FanDuel boost was very clearly a play. None of this is a dig at anyone. Like I said, uh, plus boost, I have a ton of respect for. We've had DMs with each other where, you know, he's been more right or, or you know, has pointed stuff out to me. Like, this really isn't meant to be like a whatever. I, I just took this as an educational opportunity. And uh, for you guys to know that this is how uh, I went about the FanDuel boost and that if you played it off my recommendation, obviously it lost by like one rebound. But, uh, but you did the right thing at 100%. Uh, you know, never been more clear to me. So, and now hopefully it is clear to you. Sounds like it's clear to Nick. But please DM me wherever you can get in touch with me, ask follow-up questions. I'm super happy to uh, go over them on the next episode. It won't be the big thought, but we'll, we'll do like a section for follow-up questions if people have. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would have thought that this was intuitively just assumed. Uh, I would assume that everyone would just think that they're positively correlated, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the way you just broke it down, there's no real argument that it wouldn't be. And you kind of proved it by showing the different numbers uh, within the app. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the FanDuel boost is clearly a play, but hopefully, or was <laughs> clearly a play, but hopefully more importantly, um, people are understanding why it was a play. Uh, and basically, you have all the information that, that I have other than the, the formula, and I'm telling you what the, the output numbers would be. But we have the historical data. Uh, we have similar players just to up our sample size as much as possible. Uh, and then for the rebounds with each other, it's really hard to actually find a correlation. I started thinking about it, like of opposing players' rebounds. You could do opposing teams' rebounds, which would be positively correlated because of the pace of the game. You know, if teams started fouling, like you don't have the blowout and the minutes correlation, which is why you, you can't really do it on a team level. But the team stuff probably would be positively correlated because of overtime, because if you get into like a bonus situations, so there's a lot more possessions, like the number of possessions each team has is correlated. So the rebounds would then be correlated. But, you know, for the individual players, it'd be very hard. So intuitively, we kind of think about it and say, hey, I kind of think it might be positively correlated. Maybe somebody thinks it might be negatively correlated, but it's going to be small either way. Let's see what the books have. And I looked at all the books and there was more juice on the double overs, the double unders than the under over, over under. Sometimes it'd be like the same. Um, but, you know, we, we, again, we just went through it on Bet365 uh, and we did a live example with, with Kuzma. Uh, we have the same dude, Hartenstein. I found it the same way with Embiid and Jokic. So, you know, gun to my head, it's positive, but I don't think it matters. I, I put I put in a zero, and uh, I feel good about that being somewhat conservative. But obviously, the you know the amount that it would have to be 
um, negative for this to not be a play is, to me, ludicrous, to be honest. Cool. All right. Shall we get to the next segment? So we're just going to do grinds my gears and get out of here, right? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Uh, what's got you uh, What's got you worked up today? Which one are we going with? You know what really grinds my gears? So we got two things that are grinding my gears. Well, give me one sports gambling, one not sports gambling. All right, we'll do the not sports gambling one first because we've done a lot of sports gambling. Um, I saw a thing on Twitter, and I'm now seeing that it has 60 million views. Oh, boy. And, and I, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Right. And I pray for every all 60 million people. It is a video of somebody using their key, putting it in the socket, turning. What, what do you mean in the socket? Like an electrical socket? Like the electrical socket, like in their wall. Yeah. Turning it so as to take off the, the cover. And that hidden behind it is a lock that has hundreds of dollars uh, hidden in the wall. And that, you know, I need one of these as a caption. And then there's a, a quote tweet that kind of went viral and how I saw it that has 7.8 million views. Chances are you have one of these in your home with the, I guess the, the implication is that, you know, the previous owner left it. Grab a key and start checking. It really grinds my gears because... Let me guess. 60 million people looked at this. 8 million people looked at that quote tweet. And yeah, I'm sure to most people, it's obviously false because you can get really injured uh, doing that. Let me let me quickly cut you off there. Yeah. So are, are you, this grinds your gears because you checked yours and there was no money? Because that is, I no, obviously- No, we're not doing this. We're not doing what this. What do you mean? I Nobody obviously went this. through my apartment. I checked all of mine we, and no, I didn't have- No, that. we are not We are not encouraging anyone to do I this. I found no money and, and that grinds my gears. I'm, I'm annoyed that my previous renters- Don't check for money. Do not check for money. It grinds my gears because what is the upside to posting this video? You get a few views, you get a few laughs. Maybe Elon sends you 50 bucks. Who cares? Like someone's going to get hurt doing this. And for what? For a cheap laugh and people say, oh, they deserve to get hurt. Darwin, they're stupid. You know what? Yeah, it's a little stupid, but who hasn't been stupid? And like just, and even if it's, even if someone is stupid, they don't deserve to get seriously injured because you wanted to get a laugh. I think this is ridiculous. I think that I, I laugh at all the stupid stuff on the internet all the time. And like, and the last one to be like, about it but come on people are gonna get hurt with this and i don't think it's soft or whatever to say that i i don't think it's soft i mean it's i think it's soft to not check and make sure that you don't uh -huh. have any cash there luckily we have a very smart audience who knows better than to listen to you there's no money behind your wall and definitely don't put a key through your socket if you didn't learn about correlation today, learn about that. Okay, well, if you don't want to get around $50, $49 out of the wall, um, I think there might be another way to do it, uh, which should be a good transition. TPG, what else has got you worked up? The second thing was I got a reply to my – so I, I do these notepads, uh, right, on Twitter just to recap how the Twitter results have been. And this past week uh, or the other day I posted – that we were up $49 over, I think it was six days. There's probably, I don't know, like 18 bets on there, 20 bets, maybe even more. I don't, I don't know. There were a bunch of bets on there just that we did on the week on Twitter. Yeah, it looks like there's probably like 30 bets here. And someone said, sports betting, where, where, where people are content making $1 an hour. You know what? 
<laughs> if we lose money, okay, uh-huh, you suck, whatever, I don't care. Don't care one bit when people say that. But what grinds my gears is someone's like, most of their pods were, thank you, this is great, what a nice run, blah, blah. Like, people are enjoying themselves. Frankly, it they couldn't have spent more than an hour putting in these maybe 30 plays. I mean, especially when you put out, like, a, a link. You get a notification on your phone, check it, log in, you bet. The FanDuel boosts take two seconds. The I'll, I'll give you, like, a DraftKings step up or something takes a while, but that's not what we're, that's not any of these plays. Like, these are FanDuel boosts, DK, GIFs, uh, all sport, no sweats. You just log in, you put in the things. It takes you like a minute. It couldn't have taken more than an hour to make those $49. And that's pretty good. That's pretty good work. Not to mention, a lot of gamblers are happy like if they only lose a little bit. It's entertainment. So to belittle for no reason, you know, the people tailing these plays, because for whatever reason you are against it. Uh, and maybe they were just trying to take a shot at me. Like I spent a bunch of hours coming up with good plays for all these promos and stuff and only made $49 over six days, which is below our average, but whatever. Like, okay, that's fine. Obviously I have, I have a bigger thing going on <laughs> where I'm helping, you know, 73,000 people. But I don't think that's what they meant. I think they meant like betters are happy. Oh, people are cheering. Huh. Broke boys made $49 doing all that work. Like, all right, you don't have to do it. But people had fun. They made money. It didn't take them long. They got some entertainment value out of it. Like, like what are we doing here? Why do you got to be such a miserable person? They grinding my gears. Yeah, I don't think that people are fact. The people that feel that way don't factor in one, the fact that most sports gamblers lose and are okay with losing because it's like the price of admission to enjoy the game in a different way. Mm -hmm. If you're walking away with a weekly $49. Which we tend to do better than that, but keep going. Yeah, I mean, if, if your worst case scenario typically is a $49 profit for hours of enjoying sports and the, the idea that you're putting in hours of work is just crazy. You're putting in, you're putting in minutes. It's really easy You're putting to in minutes of work. Yeah, it's, it's probably... It, it's hard to imagine it's an hour, especially when like the FanDuel boost takes two seconds to put in, the gift takes two seconds to put in, the the FanDuel plays with links take two seconds to put in, which is like, I mean, I just described like two thirds of the plays in there. <laughs> uh, and there's really nothing that has more than like three legs. Uh, you know, maybe some of the soccer stuff can be a little hard to find and it takes you two minutes, like three minutes, four minutes. But yeah, it's we got we have a very good uh, proposition here in terms of money per hour, and then like like we both said, uh, the entertainment side of it, and and honestly, like like why like what would what would make someone see the post and want to belittle all the people telling? Like it just I don't know, it's just like a foreign thought to me to be like. To think anything other than, okay, I'm not missing out on like, I didn't miss out on, you know, a thousand bucks this week. But so like, I'm cool on the FOMO front. And like, people seem to be happy. They're chugging along. They're sports betting, making more money. Like what, like, what would make you not think that way? 
it's pretty uh, it grinded my gear. It's pretty miserable, but whatever. Uh, well, I mean, we've seen. I don't think you're gonna change some negative people's point of views. It's just no, but I don't mind. I really don't mind the people like after a down notepad. Not that we have too many of those. Being like, oh, you suck, <laughs> right? Like, or or oh, another negative week. I get annoyed when they say another if the previous week wasn't negative because it's just wrong. But it, let's say I had three weeks in a row where every day was negative and people are like, oh, you suck, another bad day, another whatever. I, I mean, I like, I would almost feel better. Like I almost feel better when that happens. But, you know, as opposed to like the mm, sad, we'll get them tomorrow. Like that makes me feel worse somehow. But I, I don't mind negativity. It's just negativity for no reason. That's what always bugs me. Like, why are you going at, why are you going out of your way to be negative? Welcome to the internet. I feel like yeah. that's going to keep happening and you're just going to keep printing money. So I hope their week turns around. It's another good episode, TPG. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, everyone. Please DM me. Probably, if you could, I probably uh, Discord's better. I get so much like spam Twitter DMs that I, I have a harder time sifting through them. But if you only have me on Twitter, like that's totally fine. DM me on Twitter. I'm definitely going to be, or or even at the the um, the podcast Twitter account. Like, however you want to try and get in touch with me, uh, I will try very hard this week to see them and address any questions uh, that you have about how I got to anything. And look, if it's if it's a super in the weeds question, I might just DM you like this isn't good for the podcast but um like you know hey can you share your your sheet with every player's like i'm probably not gonna do that but if you have a question that's like wait you know what did that mean or how'd you calculate that or could you repeat that and expand on it? like i'm super happy to to get into it and and um you know i don't want to be doing another correlation educational episode so let's let's uh let's bang this out you know, today and, and next week. And, you know, hopefully uh, your questions can help. I'm sh- if you have a question, someone else will. So cool. All right. Please DM me. And thank you. Uh, have a great week. Thanks as always for making us money, TPG. Remember, guys, uh, check those electrical outlets. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's keep profiting. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. See you, buddy. See you now.